This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Mark Paler, superintendent of Custer County Schools C1. He's entering his third year as superintendent right here in the Valley. He's had a similar job over the last 17 years in the state of Colorado. Under full disclosure, Mark and I have both lived in Cincinnati, so we might break into unrelated topics such as Grater's Ice Cream, Skyline Chili, or favorite sons Merle Travis, Rod Serling, Neil Armstrong, or Roy Rogers. Uh, Mark, welcome. (laughs) Well, you hit some heartstrings there, Gary. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, I probably shouldn't have brought that up because we'll get off into... uh, the netherworld. Let me ask, uh, what's new uh, at school this semester? What's new at this semester is uh, we're seeing our enrollment increase, which is... That's a great thing. Well, it can be a good thing, but it can be a (laughs) challenge too. And we're seeing a lot of uh, students show up here in third grade. So we're trying to find uh, what we can do to solve that that problem. But it's a good problem to have. I I know the numbers translate directly into budget. That was the positive, I guess I was thinking of. Yes, absolutely. You're you're correct. We want those students to hang around till at least October 1st. And uh, then we'll have to modify our budget. But positively because we'll probably have some additional revenue and that's not a bad thing uh anything else exciting going on this what's your impression of the the semester so far ah you know what uh we're really seeing our students buckle down and get right to work we've added you know we've we've added some new instructors we've got two new english language arts folks at the high school and i've been in their classrooms and i see kids engaged in writing and and great activities so i think we're good there and some recent state assessments just released and we're doing very well. In fact, I think on the state assessments, we're doing the best we've ever done as a district. And so my hat goes off to not only our teachers, but our kids as well. So we're headed in a really positive direction. It's an exciting time to be in Custer County Schools. Well, that's good. You know, one of the main things on the topic of schools this fall is the BEST grant. I know there have been articles in the papers, and but could you uh, encapsulate that in a paragraph. What, what is the BEST grant? So the BEST grant is the way that the state of Colorado funds capital school projects within the state. It's a competitive process that begins in January and ends in mid-May when the state BEST board meets. They have ranked the different projects that have come in and they make awards to districts based on that ranking. And, and BEST stands for Building Excellent schools today. So it it's uh, basically infrastructure. There No monies go to teacher salaries or school programs. Is that correct? That is correct. It's all capital. It was started a number of years ago because the state was facing schools that were just outright decaying, and they had to address and help districts help address those problems. So the best was the solution to, to help provide monies for capital projects. You've been around the school for three years. Take us on a quick tour of the schools in terms of uh, the aging infrastructure. So the elementary school dates back to 1953, and then we've had multiple additions in 74, 2002, 2005, and that's where we're at today. So when you add on to a building, you try to address all the heating and ventilation and security and health-related issues um, all in a nutshell. But when you keep adding on, at some point you're going to max out those systems or those systems won't talk together. And at times even, 
Uh, and we know up here in Custer County, the electricity goes off a little bit at the most inopportune times, <laughs> and things fail. And when things fail, and you have freezing nights, then you it's always interesting what you're going to walk into that next morning. This best grant is on the horizon. How did we get here? So it's a sort of a long story, and it just has to go back to when I first came to the district. We had a strategic plan, and facilities was a part of that. But when I inquired about the where is the facilities plan? Do we have a master plan? There was none to be found. There were a lot of ideas about, well, we should do this, we should do that, but nothing was articulated in paper. And in fact, we were being more responsive and not preventative in our maintenance. Something would break. Somehow we'd find some parts. We'd put it back together. It would work. So everybody thinks it, would be, it was fine. So one of the first things I did was I brought together a facilities committee, a small group that met, and we agreed that we needed a major master plan that was geared towards facilities so we put out an rfp we had four responses uh, one came back for about ten thousand five hundred dollars it took those folks 300, 360 energy engineers about six months to bring in subcontractors to look at electrical plumbing and all those things that go into a school they wrote a report and they identified three different tiers of needs immediate which would have to be taken care of right away, uh, midterm, which is two to five years out, and then long-term. And so that became the backbone to go the next level, which is, so how do we fund this? The best grant cycle, I imagine there were X number of schools that applied and Y that got some money, something that like is, that? That is correct. What, so, what are those numbers? How many, how many schools applied? So it was in excess of 60 that applied. Mm-hmm. It is competitive. It can be for a variety of reasons, but all of them have to have to do with capital construction, either remodeling or renovating or building new in some cases. Out of that roughly 60 or so, they funded about 30. Mm-hmm. We were fortunate enough to be right at the cut line. We just barely squeaked in, but we got in, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible for a district to apply in its first year and get awarded those dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what kind of dollars are we talking about? I've seen seen numbers sort of, uh, uh, you know, $6.5 million is the is the amount granted, but uh, the district has to come up with uh, uh, a bit less than that. What, what are those numbers? Well, let me get it down to the penny for you because it if does involve would. a penny. So on the We've best- got accountants out there in the audience. They, they right. want to know. Well, the total project cost is $11,210,034.82. Of that, Best would contribute roughly $6.46 million. The applicant- in other words, the school district would be responsible for 4.74. So our match, and it's driven by a formula that the state puts together, is they provide the 6.4, but we have to provide that 42.31% match mm-hmm. for that total project cost. So we're heading toward a, a bond issue in November. That's exactly where we're at on November the 7th. Uh, people out there in uh, Radio Land are asking themselves, if I own a house, for every $100,000, what, what would that cost me on an annual basis? Well, that's a good question, and it's based on the most recent data we have, which did see a decrease in our assessed value here in Custer County, which is sort of the opposite of what we heard in the past. So if you own property, let's say uh, a residence that's worth per $100,000 mm-hmm. of your home, on an annual basis, this would increase your tax an estimated $16.47, or to break that down, 
4.5 cents a day. If you owned commercial property, again, per $100,000, that cost would be $66.33 a year or around 18 cents a day is Mm -hmm. how that breaks down. It's good to know those numbers. So the idea behind the BEST grant is to take aging school buildings and extend their life so that uh, school districts aren't hit with uh, that huge amount of building a new school. Is that is that safe? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, BEST expects at the end of this project that they will have come in and addressed what they are legally allowed to do to extend the life of that building anywhere from 30 to 50 years. They don't want to come back and address those systems. So they want to make sure that you've done your due diligence up front. You've done all your background research. You put that together. We actually focused again on on health and safety issues within our building. So a lot of it has to do with climate control, but it's safety of our students and our staff as well. Mm-hmm. You're out and about in the community. Uh, what, what's the mood of the community on, on an issue like this? Well, I think it's pretty mixed right now. Uh, yes, $11 million is nothing to sneeze at. That is major money. And a lot of folks are wondering, like, wow, couldn't we just build a school for another eleven for, for $11 million? The reality is probably not. Probably up here, we're looking in a 20 to $26 million range to build a school, and that's that's even marginal. But that doesn't include the fact that we don't own any property to put that school on. And unlike businesses, while you're building, you know, you can go rent something. There's no facility here in Custer County that we could rent if we were indeed to build a school. So that becomes a conundrum. I guess the argument would be uh, you'd hate to leave uh – six and a half million dollars on the table which you already can get uh, for the lack of being able to raise 4.74 million yeah so what happens so so let's say folks decide no this isn't our time to do this and they vote the bond down what happens is that money goes back to that we don't even have that money right now but Mm -hmm. we would not sign a contract to procure those funds And so at that point, those funds would revert back to the state and would go to another school district. But that doesn't mean our problems are going to go away. I can tell you multiple times in my career here, I've walked in or I've had a phone call early in the morning where it's like, Mark, you got to get over the building. I'm like, well, what's going on? Because it's early in the morning. And sure enough, I'll walk around the corner and there will be water pretty deep in the building because something has frozen up over the night. For some reason, something failed. Again, a lot of it has to do with electrical considerations. And then those copper pipes, they thaw. And what happens? The physics of copper frozen thawing is they split and they leak. The unfortunate part is to get our registers record uh, what those copper cores takes months and months to do. So We can't wait months, so we end up putting an alternative system in, which really isn't where we want to go, but we'd have to heat those rooms so that we can maintain our school year. Mm -hmm. So the problems problems don't go away. They're they're very real problems. Things are aging. Um, Another example very quickly is our, Mm -hmm. um, our fire alarm system. If we were to pull an alarm in our main campus, the folks over in the Voag and Woodshop building have no idea anything's even going on. Our systems don't talk. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about our systems don't talk, that's an example of a critical system, fire safety, 
health issues, life issues, that they don't talk, and these folks don't even know something's going on, and vice versa. The alarm could be pulled over there, and the people on the main campus don't know what's going on. So that's that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So the alternative, uh, if this didn't pass in November, would be sort of that Band-Aid approach. You'd, you'd just be on a day-to-day basis fixing things as you could with the funds you had. Which is exactly where we are to this day. It is very much a bandage approach. It's been difficult to find bandages as things age. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes the real challenge. What else should folks know out there about this issue coming up this fall? Well, I think that one of the biggest things is, again, we take safety uh, very seriously, but safety goes right in with climate. So we are concerned about the ventilation in that building. If you've been in there in the afternoon, mm-hmm. it's stuffy. It's just downright stuffy. Well, in the old days, the way you took care of ventilating in the building was you just propped open doors mm-hmm. and you let that fresh air come in. Well, we can't open those doors because that allows opportunity for somebody that doesn't have something good in mind to do to enter into our buildings. And if you go look at the windows, the actual glazing, they're pretty much solid pieces of glazing. At the top, there'll be a wing window that goes out to allow that fresh air to come in. But they're very small. If you go into our classrooms and here we are, fall when things are warm you'll see fans operating and the noise levels increase which isn't really optimal for the learning environment so those are the kinds of things that this will also address if we're successful in getting these dollars and that can go to a multitude of areas it's upgrades for restrooms it's some internal security it's access control heavens knows how (laughs) many master keys are out in this community Mm -hmm. but I'll go by and see folks in at times and just sort of scratch my head and wonder what's going on there. So access control becomes a huge concern. How can we limit access to that building? How do we know after hours who is in there and whether it's legitimate or not? If we get these funds, it will put in uh, an access-controlled system that will be card or FOB-based. So we'll know when somebody inserts that card. Oh, it was Mark Paler coming in at 8.32 into the admin building. Oh, and look, he left at this time. So it just gives us a better opportunity to really control what's going on there and make sure that for all the right reasons, we always keep our buildings open to the public, but we also have an idea who's in there maybe after hours. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we run out of time here, we're we're talking to Mark Paler about the BEST grant, which is uh, infrastructure. And tell us again, it's uh, November 7th is the bond issue? Yes, the uh, the bond issue will be on the ballot November 7th, along with three director districts. We have three seats open that will be up for uh, grabs at that same election. But yes, this is actually issue 3A on the ballot. Um, and we would ask folks to read the language and consider what that language means in terms of the future of Custer County Schools. Mark, thanks for uh, stopping by this morning. Oh, thank you so much. And uh You know what? If we're ever in Cincinnati together, you and I will go on the Skyline Chili Grater's Ice Cream Circuit. Uh, That that is worth the trip right there. We've been visiting with Mark Paler, superintendent of Custer County Schools C1. He's uh, in his third year right here in the Wet Mountain Valley, and we've been talking about uh, the new semester and the best grant. My name's Gary. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. 
Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 